Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, with your host, Rob Snowett. Thank you for downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. This is Series 1, Episode 92, the 2016 Fly Fishing Trip to the Salmon River of New York. This podcast is sponsored by OP Skagit, Olympic Peninsula Skagit Tactics. You can find all the gear that we're using on this trip at opskagit.com. It is... Just about noon on Saturday the 5th, Holt is on his way to pick me up. We're going to pack up his Subaru. Not sure how much of my gear he's going to allow into his car, because i got a lot of gear. A couple thousand flies from the last 15 years of heading up there. Got a lot of gear, a lot of layers, a lot of sunglasses, hats, gloves, tying material. The tying material is entire storage bin itself. I've been tying and prepping for this trip for a couple months now. I've learned how to make all sorts of new intruders through the OPST website, and it definitely helps to use their dubbing spinner. We'll have videos of that on YouTube when the trip is done. This is probably going to be a two-part podcast, so you're going to find out about all sorts of shenanigans, how the fishing is or isn't, maybe where we fish, maybe not where we fish, what we eat, what we drink, how the weather is. And my plan is get up at the butt crack of dawn, before dawn, it is daylight savings tonight, we are then going to go to the river, set up our morning camp, make a hot drink, eat breakfast, fish all day, and then probably around four in the afternoon we'll be kaput, we will figure out what the fish were biting on that day, we're going to go back and tie those patterns, 
if we don't have the materials, we'll stop at the variety of fly shops. And then we're going to do it all the next day. And this is what I look forward to out of the year. My wife gets her one big ski trip. This is my one fishing trip out of the year. I think you're going to enjoy this one. And remember, for all your Skagit needs, opskagit.com. Let me fill you in. It's now election day. We're at the trestle pool. I'm out on this, I think it's a rocking chair, hopefully a rocking chair, because it's going back and forth. Looking out over uh, some beaver ponds. So we got up here in record time. There was no traffic other than some tree cutting on the GW Parkway spout run back home. So we made it up here fairly quickly. Stopped over at All Seasons. Bought some Pink Lady Glowbug yarn, because that's what Art says I should be fishing. And got some other materials. Bought my license. And then we went to the grocery store. Got some food supplies and rolled up to camp. It was pitch black by the time we got here. Now the original camp chrome is completely blocked off. There's a there's a gate and it's fenced and locked. The second option, which was uh, another campsite, was being used for was being used for logging. So that was blocked by actual logs. And then third option was perfect. We took the Subaru up there, set up camp, got the tents up, got the chairs out, got the campfire going, and just hung out and and chilled. Not much was going on. We got up super early. Probably could have been earlier because we get down to the river and there's people everywhere. You can see the headlamps on and it's pretty darn cold. We're sitting there huddled up. There's a very obnoxious guide who went into a spot. He wouldn't even let people pass him. Um, I don't know what authority he thinks he has on the river. Even first come, first serve. If you're not in the spot, you can't claim it's yours. You can't say, oh, yeah, we're sitting here, and then we're going to move up 100 yards. Don't go up there. If you're not 100 yards up there, it's not your spot. So apparently this guy had upset quite a few people. Kind of surprised there's frogs out right now. It is in the 60s right now. I was in a t-shirt. I'm actually wearing a t-shirt under my sweater right now. And I've got a woolly aphid flying at me. Would I catch it? Yep, little woolly aphid. So we get up and start fishing. I waited maybe till 7.30. Nothing in the first stretch. So we moved down in the fly zone and... Holt heads back to his car. Maybe he went into town at McDonald's to get some coffee. Either way, I'm using a 10-foot, 8-weight with a shooting head and just nymphing now. I ended up getting um, my, my favorite, just yellow sucker spawn with the white stuffing from Dr. Jones's toys on a shrimp scud hook with red thread. And I got a chomp 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 and I went to set the hook and a mouth came up it was probably a 20 22 inch steel head real dark it had been in the river a while and then it um it spit the hook and, and that was it that was actually the only fish I've touched the entire time other than lifting a salmon up with my foot today to move it as it swam upstream so by the time uh, Melinda's opened up I went down to Melinda's shop to buy the laser running line from OPST to use with my new commando head 
I didn't want to use the Rio one I had on there, uh, mainly because the one that was on my large arbor reel I used for steelhead was a one-piece running line shooting head put together. The other reel I have, which is not my preference, has the integrated one where you can switch out the heads. So I could have switched heads on that. I just didn't want to use that reel. So go down to Melinda's and she swamped. There's 10 people in there. I'm shopping around. Uh, tell her I'm the one who called the night before. Asked about the laser line. Now the problem is there's no loops on either end of the laser line. And this stuff is bright neon green and it's very slick. So she tells me she could do the recommended knot, but she's not, uh, she doesn't have time to do you know, a serious knot. She's like, can you do uh, nail knots? I was like, yeah. So she sets me up at the tying table in the middle of the room and there's just people everywhere coming and going. And I start off using the method we use back at Orvis in Northern Virginia, which is the four strands of 30 pound gel spawn. The gel spawn, when you made the nail knots, didn't bind very well to this laser line. So then I try using 10 pound monofilament. There are fish all over this beaver pond right now. I probably would have luck going after these things that I have for steelhead all week. So I'm down there and now it's like 20 minutes go by and I give up. And then I go to using, she suggests using uh, mono and I drop down to eight pound and I use the Maxima Brown, which now I can actually see. I couldn't see the clear stuff. So I start getting my knots better and better. And finally, after like the eighth one I've tied all morning, I cut off all the ones with gel spar and then I cut off the ones with clear fluorocarbon and now I'm using eight pound. I can see it and it's good. She uses the loom knot sense and I've got a loop on one end. She spools it up. And by the way, when she took all of that shooting head with the running line off the reel, she was on the phone and I think did it by hand and it is perfectly wound and ready to go for next time I need it. It was impressive. So while I'm waiting for that knot um, to dry before she spools it up, I'm in the shop. So I walk around, start buying more material. Now, normally I'm buying material for the fish that I know what they're eating the day before that morning. So I need to replace the stock. That has not happened yet. Because we haven't hooked anything. And then I, it turns out I'm in Melinda's for an hour. Hulk comes looking for me. Oh, where do we go? So then I do the knot on the front end. It's just a giant doubled over, huge loop, maybe 10 inches long. Commando head goes into that. I pay. I'm out the door. We go back upstream. And um, probably the most exciting thing that's happened is I've learned to cook bacon. I bought some thick cut bacon at the grocery store. And while we're waiting for other people to hook into fish and taking turns between Holt and myself, I make some thick cut bacon on the frying pan. It's pretty damn awesome, I got to admit. I have been missing out all this time. So I'm eating uh, noodle soup, waiting for people to catch fish. And by now it's, it's early afternoon. And one guy in front of us hooks a fish. Now the guy he's fishing with all morning, I had told Holt, reminded me of the kid from Stranger Things, the one with the foam hat. And I do want to say that the steelhead, they live on the other side. They live on the upside down. 
And that's why they're being so difficult. I can't tempt them out of the upside down. So this guy has the hat and looks like the kid from Stranger Things. And I'm making references all morning. Holt doesn't get it. And then the guy gets handed a steel head and he lands it right next to us on a green glow bug. Chartreuse. First deal that I've seen all, all trip that close. And the guy says something to me, and this sounds awful, but it's only going to make sense if you've seen Stranger Things. The guy didn't have any top front teeth. You either get that or you don't get it. It was bizarre. And we fished a little bit longer. I probably made some chili mac with beef. It was chilly out, no pun intended. Hot stay, chili tamale. And we gave up. We're just like, F this. You know, it's not worth our time. No one's catching fish either side of the river, up or down. So we go back to camp. And we're going to set some things up. Holt needs to run to the store. So he leaves me. I was going to record all of this at, at that point. How's it going? Good. I'm just doing the recording bit right now. You get a fire going? All right. So Holt's off. He gets lost. He's gone for like an hour. I don't know where he is the whole time. And while he's out and about, I'm just sitting by the fire drinking beer. Larry Coburn comes up because he hears us, our neighbor down the street up there. And um, maybe he came by before Holt left. I can't remember. Either way, he agreed that chartreuse glow bugs would be a good thing to use. And he said that the bright weather, because it's been bluebird skies, has put the fish down. So the plan is the next day we're going to go fish some white water, some more rapid stuff in a different stretch of the river. And we agree that Dirty Bill's going to meet us out there. And I think that's when Holt leaves. I catch up on some emails. Believe it or not, we have perfect cell reception out there. And we go to bed. Uh, we watched Goon on the iPad. Ate just food out of cans. I had German potato salad and another can of Chef Boyardee. And we had a dozen new flies. I tied up some of the pink ladies from Art. And we were good to go. Got up. Slept in a little bit. And uh, I got up maybe 8 o'clock. It was just too damn cold. This podcast is brought to you by Olympic Peninsula Skagit Tactics. OPST is a company dedicated to maximizing fly fishing enjoyment and opportunities. OPST offers Skagit lines for rods three weight and up. At opskagit.com, you can pick up all of your Skagit fishing products from Skagit commando heads, tying materials, tools, hooks, shanks, and logoed gear. Additionally, they offer fly tying tutorials and casting demonstration videos on their site. For more information, visit opskagit.com. That's O-P-S-K-A-G-I-T.com. So we're to catch you up. It's, uh, it's the day after the election. That, that was a fun night, wasn't it? Uh, I am rigging up. We're in a, a long, deep hole right now. I already lost one on Art's pattern. And Holt lost a couple on egg patterns, I believe. He's off running errands now, so I'm going to chat y'all up. 
take a break myself. I just put on a uh, 22-millimeter long intruder, chartreuse, black, hobo style, big OPST swing hook on the back. So what I cut off last night, Mark's got a couple of dogs. One of them wants to eat me, and the other one's chill. So I'm sitting on this chair, and right as I all of a sudden feel cold water seep in into my, my bum from the cushion... This dog just runs up to me with Mark, and I think I'm going to get my hand chewed off. And according to Holt, I'd have to put a chainsaw on there from the Army of Darkness movies. Whatever, he he loves those movies. So we're to, we're to bring you back. Um, so I get up super early on let's see, Sunday, Monday. Super early Monday. I can't get Holt up. I'm pacing around yelling, Andrew, wake up. Are you alive? And... He doesn't come for, I mean, like an hour. I'm still, I'm just sitting there dressed, ready to go. Super eager to get out on this bright, sunny morning to go fish the white water that we were told to go fish. So I finally, after an hour and a half, just lay on the horn. And that wakes him up. He hears the sound of his car. He knows something's up. And he had all these stories from the night before that there were deer rooting around the campsite that I didn't hear. I had earplugs in, too. After he gets up, he shows me the spot where this male deer had scraped and pissed. and I'd never seen anything like that. That was, that was pretty cool. So as Holt's getting his stuff ready, uh, Dirty Bill shows up, and we have some coffee and donuts. And then he takes us down to the river. We all suit up and, and get in and walk the upper fly zone in different locations. Water was too high to cross. And it was super bright. It was to the point where I'm shedding layers and I'm just wearing a long sleeve shirt. Super bright. We're fishing slow, long water and riffles and and just absolutely nothing. No one's catching anything. There's a group of guys above us, a couple people below. We hang out. I cook some bacon, sit there, eat that. Dirty Bill's got to head to the office. So we packed up. Where did we go? We went down to the lower fly zone and got a good spot. Holt hooks into, it was that night or the night before. I don't remember if I told you this last night. I'm a little sleep deprived. Uh, Holt's got a pink egg on and hooks into a monster steelhead. And he gets the, the gold star for holding on to the bucking bronco the longest this was a big shouldered steel head and it just started pumping and slashing and heading downstream and holt's looking at me and i'm like one 100 two 100 three 100 and it finally popped his fly off but the look on his face was just ecstatic it, it was he was electrified so we pack up and head back into pulaski to get some steaks and some other sundries at the grocery store. And we head back to camp. Holt gets these fires going and does this campfire filet and yawn marinated in 12-year McAllen, Cholula, and Montreal steak seasoning spices. So these things cook in the foil for a little bit, and they've got vented chimneys so the heat can come out. And... He then takes them and puts them on these hot slates and sizzles them. And there's a link. To, oh, there's a caddisfly just came off. He links us 
to his McAllen Instagram, so you can go watch the video. Um, it was pretty cool. They were tender. Cut them up with my camping knife and my spork. I'm going to use my spork right now. have some hot soup. This is Goomtang noodles. Beef flavor with vegetable. It's uh, like leek beef soup or something. It's warm. It's nothing great. So we have the steak dinner, and then I decide, you know what? I've been missing out on all this bacon. So I start cooking bacon on the hot rocks, and I have it angled, and the fat's dripping down and catches on fire on the corner of this rock. So for about an hour, we had a homemade bacon tallow candle. It was pretty cool. The plan is the next morning, uh, we're going to sleep in yesterday morning. No, we were we were going to get up early, election day. Our plan was to get up at four something and head to the river and get a good spot. And I was all ready to start trying out new flies. Was it going to be the green eggs? Jumbo Johns, am I going to get them swung on an intruder? Would it be one of my new stone flies? Would it be a shad fly? Could it be a crystal meth? Could it be a Chinese angora rabbit yarn sucker spawn? So I'm trying to think of what I'm going to rotate through the next day. And my alarm goes off and I'm just, I get up to pee and I look out and it's another just bluebird day in the forecast. I can still see SARS, not a cloud in the sky. It was, like, it was cold. I went back to bed. And Holt said he woke up at 5 and told me I needed to get up to go fishing. And I mumbled something back. have no recollection of having a conversation with him at 5 in the morning. None whatsoever. About 8 o'clock we get up. We break down part of the camp. I have all my stuff ready to go so we can go fish and come back. Holt's getting ready. I'm uh, getting my flies together organizing my gear what's going to go into my dry bag so one pack of soup one pack of dry air freeze-dried chili mac with beef nalgene water stove frying pan bacon kettle the knife the spork trader joe's chai latte insulated cup measuring cup all that goes in the dry bag here in my day pack, I've got swivels and split shot, my spools of tippet material, sunscreen, Altoids, more swivels, and then the big pouch, I've got uh, two extra foam boxes of flies, a foam balclava, sunglass cleaner, backup sunglasses, uh, about two dozen intruders from last year, Seaguar 40 pound amnesia, an orange sunscreen. The next pouch, I have my new culinary favorite. This is Lee Kum Kee Hong Kong Sriracha Barbecue Sauce. I will have pictures of this. I, I travel with this now. This stuff pretty much goes on everything. I know in D.C. they're trying to make ranch this hip new sauce again, but yeah, this Sriracha Barbecue Sauce is absolutely ridiculous. I've got a box of about a dozen and a half intruders I tied up from this year. My big box of flies, which is a plano, and it's the size of my forearm length. And then going back to old school, trying to get a little bit of my historical fishing in with some, uh, I'm not 
not a paranoid superstitious guy but there was one summer sausage year where we were just eating hillshire farms beef summer sausage just right off the knob and we were catching steelhead so i brought that with me i've been noshing on that so then we fished in the morning and got absolutely nothing after we broke camp drove into town we got pictures by the mattress that said rednecks for trump uh they took a lot of effort to double over a mattress and secure it to a gas station sign then we went into town to fish the ball fields beautiful big riffly water good pocket water shallow water for us to stand on went through the gamut i started off with an intruder and swinging that at different distances down and across nothing I did a Jumbo John, I did a Flashback Pheasant Tail, I did Sucker Spawns, I did the Pink Lady, I did a Rubber Latex Worm. Absolutely no love from either of us. So we decided it's uh, it's getting hot, sun's up, let's go drop some fishing gear off at the lodge, and then we'll head back to camp to get everything else and come back and watch CNN. So we drive back to camp in no time with the Subaru. And we pack it all up. Holt pops off around out in the woods. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not. It was state land. Might have to take that out. I don't know. And then headed back to camp. Broke down. Took some showers. Had a beer. Stood by the fireplace. The fire pit outside. The shower was pretty nice. It, the hot water was turned all the way up. Went into town. Holt needed some Subway. I wanted to get some Lagunitas to watch the returns, and I wanted some some gummy colas. It's one of my weaknesses. And then I sat down, knocked out two intruders. One of them, uh, I did a too long of a length of the braided line, Firewire, so it's swinging a little off. I don't like the way the hook's dangling. I might have to go back to shorter pieces tonight or use the intruder wire from Senyo. And then I tied up some more sucker spawns, and that was it. So I'm going to put this down. We got up, slept in today after the results. We were up till, I don't know, midnight. The alarm was set for four. We were going to get up, have coffee, bring a propane heater down, claim a spot. Got up, went through the returns, CNN, MSNBC, BBC went to town to look at the water down there because it rained a lot last night. It's cloudy and overcast. So we thought maybe more fish would come in. So we go to town uh, looking for Andrew's friend Alex, the guy who lives down by the river in a van. Couldn't find him, so we're up here at this spot. It was a short walk in. There's two guys way below us, not a single person above us. We went by the lower fly, and I, I'm just done. I can't handle that many people talking across both sides of the river, shouting. If you listen now, there's nothing but birds and water. Well, there is a drift boat coming through. But we walked a bit, and we've got a pristine, clean, rocky beach with a nice bend, soft water. And perfect uh, riffles. So once this boat passes through, looks like they're going to hold out here and fish a bit. So I'll, I will chill. We start throwing more. Uh, my fish again was on the 
the not the three three leap three loop pink lady I went uh, to 11 I, I turned it up a notch and I did five loops on it so instead of uh, 10 minute abs it's seven minute abs and uh, we're gonna go swing the intruder now through here that's it So Holt's back while he was gone. Remember how I mentioned a couple minutes ago, like an hour ago, that we had the place to ourselves? Well, three boats full of jabronis are parked here right now. One already stopped a little bit and moved on. So I'm giving the hole back to Holt. I unsuccessfully swung intruders through there for the last 30 plus minutes with no love. Uh, the spot I hooked my fish, there's a dude standing in now. So I'm going to have to wait for these guys to move on out and go claim my spot again. But still, it's quiet. There's really no one else here. I figure by the time I'm done taking my break, they're going to be ready to peel out. It's now 1.45 and it's slow. I haven't uh, seen a steelhead since the one I connected to. The hole got lucky on his first cast. So I guess that's when he caught his or hooked his. Drift boats have coming through. You know, you once you mentioned that you got the place to yourself. Um, after three boats leave, another three came through and parked here. and None of them did anything. They were fishing egg sacks. If you don't know what an egg sack is... It's a thin piece of, uh, looks like tool or very thin mesh. You put some eggs in it, tie it up with string, and put a hook on it, and drift it through the bottom. I've been rotating through Jumbo Johns, Flashback Pheasant Tails, eggs, crystal meth. Now I am back to swinging. I took a break to make a grilled cheese and some hot chai. The temperature's dropping. I'm still only wearing a sweater out here. I think I've got enough layers on underneath that I'm warm. I've got a uh, base layer against my legs and then nano puff pants and then fleece bibs over that. Still no gloves. Haven't worn gloves really yet, except uh, the early morning we were out there watching the stars. It's been slow. It's very, very slow out here. I don't really think I'd want to leave. I mean, fish can be spread out anywhere. It's still overcast. There's a slight wind. This is a, a good a spot as any. You just got to find where the fish are. And we're hoping that they're here because of the speed of the water, the depth, and the turbulence at the top and the bottom. We're hoping that they're going to eat egg patterns and whatever else we could throw at them. We just got to figure it out. And it's trial and error. You just got to keep trying to trying and then cut your line and start over and have not gotten to that magic fly yet I will definitely be tying up some more of those pink ladies tonight the last one got caught in my sweater and it just couldn't wouldn't come out even with the barb smashed it was just caught in there so it's destroyed I'm just going to sit back here and, and warm up a little bit with my food and drink, and, and I'm going to get back to, to swinging flies.
It's Bacon 30, a.k.a. now 3.41 p.m. Still no tugs. Gone through the gamut of flies. Lost a bunch. Decided I would just play with casting for a while to entertain myself. I don't think I moved from a five-foot stretch for the last hour. The guys in the boat, one boat caught a juvenile Atlantic salmon on bait. And the other boat uh, landed two steelhead hooked three. So they're definitely in here. I had one salmon go between my left boot and the shore, which is kind of scary. Came out of nowhere. Holt took about an hour nap while I was (coughs) up there swinging flies. (coughs) Man, that bacon. I've uh, got more bacon this week than steelhead. So I like to think that I've got this steelheading dialed down, that I'm a pretty decent, at least, steelhead angler. I'm kind of getting down to myself. I'm not hooking fish, but then not seeing anyone else. These guys haven't had great days. There's no one else out here, so we don't know how other people are doing. But I'm having one of my slowest days. I'm getting a fish now, one every, like, three days. Just a bite. Working on what I'm going to tie up tonight. Watching TV, getting warm. Hopefully... They've got soup tonight in the crock pot at the lodge. Tomorrow night we're going to head down to what used to be Timbers and get some burgers and fries. I've just been digging through some old fly boxes here, pulling out some some pink stuff, some stuff that looks like what I hooked the fish on this morning. And that's about it. I'm going to keep plugging at it maybe another 30 minutes because it's getting cold, it's getting windy. A lot of leaves in the water. I don't think I've ever hooked as many branches as I did today. I was getting maybe one every forecast for a while. It was almost comical. I don't think the guys in the boat noticed. We just had our our late afternoon snack of, of the bacon. Out of food out here. Out of hot chai. Luckily, we're not too far from the cabin. Slash the lodge. And Holt's up there swinging through the top of the riffle down into the lower mend 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 he's right over where they hooked that fish a couple minutes ago I don't know why he's not getting any but it's beautiful out here we got a little bit of sun right right off off the horizon it's been overcast I've been wearing my yellow polarized glasses all day hands are pretty gnarly torn up a bleeding couple of cuts so definitely gonna have to super glue those tonight that's about it we're gonna just keep trying and trying like i said i don't don't feel like leaving a spot to go find another spot today at least maybe tomorrow what we could do is spend the morning here and then go get the burgers and fries for lunch and then fish some of the more white water downstream i think jason's showing up tonight so we can get a game plan going and you know, the, the game plan's always been get up, be there three hours before dawn. Haven't needed to do that this week because uh, the fishing hasn't been that crazy. Things are definitely changed. My, my sleeping in this week is completely new since I've been coming up here. And we haven't missed anything. Oh, let me go try this. This new one is uh, it's two-toned pink. And it's the really thin version of egg yarn. Chartreuse body on an egg hook. <sighs> Who knows?
At this point, I'm willing to just try everything. Oh, George, it's Cashmere. I'm catching up on Seinfeld. I am back at the Trestlepool Lodge. We have got the heat cranking, having a cold beer, and tying some flies. I, I don't really need to replace a whole lot. I lost a couple out there today, mostly the one that, that did work. So I've got uh, about a dozen of those set up for all of us for tomorrow. And then I opened up my black and blue barred, not spotted, OPST drab for intruders. And I tied up a, a nice big pink and blue intruder. Uh, I haven't lost, I haven't lost one intruder today. Or, yeah, so I need to replace at least one. So we finished about 4 o'clock today, came back, just hung out, watched the CNN, catching up on social media and what else we're missing. It actually rained back home. Holt's out going into town to get some gear for tomorrow. The plan is we're going to move. We'll do like two hours in one spot, two hours in another, and that's it. Good morning. Today is Thursday, the 10th of November, and we slept in a bit again. We watched Sausage Party last night. Holt brought a digital projector with speakers, and then we took one of the sheets from the bunk bed, turned it inside out, draped it over the TV cabinet, and we watched that movie. It was a cold morning. It took a while for us to get going. You know, we're giving the fish a couple minutes to warm up as well. It's uh, it's a definitely different year of fishing. I'll give you that. Larry definitely said on those cold nights like last night, you got to give the fish a couple of minutes, maybe an hour or so to warm up, get their metabolism going in the morning. So it looks like Scott is not going to make it up. Uh, he had some other things he had to handle. Jason showed up last night. He's off getting his license now. And I am re-rigging my whole leader. I broke it all off last night. And that's what made me decide to go back to the shore and break down my camp. So right now, we're at a big, long riffle. There was a uh, pinning jabroni in the middle. But he's gone. Standing right where the fish are. Uh, I tied up some really nice intruders last night, and I also tied up some more pink ladies and some more sucker spawns, hoping that those are going to do it today. I got a good feeling about today. As I'm sitting here, you know, glove-free in the middle of November, I'm not even wearing a sweater or sweatshirt, just two long sleeve shirts. It's going to be a sunny day. Hopefully these fish are down deep in these riffles. Getting the, the sun out of their eyes. Is it the barometric pressure changes? Is it the hot, cold one day to the next that's turning off the fish? Nobody seems to know. We'll get Dirty Bill on later. He and Holter still rigging up down river. All right, I'm putting on my 10-pound cigar below my barrel swivel with my two BB split shot. And in my pouch here, I'm going to go with... A yellow sucker spawn. 
what we start off with today. Alright, I just do the regular improved clinch knot, nothing special on them, nothing too crazy. I'll do a loop knot, non-slip mono for my intruders when I'm swinging. I tell you, my fingers definitely hurt. I've got a bunch of hook punctures, line slices, just squeezing split shot on before I clamp it down. I've got the Salmon River atrophy going on. couple more years I'll be bringing the kid up she can do all the hard work for me she's got to learn how to do it all right clamping down my barb I'm uh, I'm getting in not wearing my yellow sunglasses today Jason's got those on sunny and bright and um, let's listen to that water As Larry said, these steelhead are slurping up all the eggs from the salmon. They're going all around the river doing it. So hopefully they're doing it in these riffles. I'll check back with y'all later. This podcast is brought to you by Olympic Peninsula Skagit Tactics. OPST is a company dedicated to maximizing fly fishing enjoyment and opportunities. OPST offers Skagit lines for rods three weight and up. At opskagit.com, you can pick up all of your Skagit fishing products from Skagit commando heads, tying materials, tools, hooks, shanks, and logoed gear. Additionally, they offer fly tying tutorials and casting demonstration videos on their site. For more information, visit opskagit.com. That's opskagit.com. So yesterday, take my face mask off, we fished with Dirty Bill, and you know, Jason might be into a dead salmon now, or just a big rock, or a leaf, there's a lot of leaves today. So we hiked down so far yesterday with Dirty Bill that Holt couldn't find us. Uh, he went back to the lodge, crawled through a window. You got fish on? You hooked a rock and it's fighting you? Bring it over. There we go. <laughs> Rockfish. <laughs> That's hilarious. How is it even on there? Salmon River Rockfish. <laughs> oh man, that's going to hurt coming out. Can we get one more picture. Hold it up. Oh, it took a blood dot. <laughs> Shout out to Autumn Siren Flies. All righty. We might have to sharpen that hook. That's too funny. So yesterday, Holt had to climb through to do uh, some work, and it turns out he didn't have a charger. So he ended up having to go to Watertown last night. While he was preparing to go up to Best Buy, Jason and I came down to where we are now. And we tried and tried, and uh, absolutely nothing. Switched through all the flies. I'm swinging intruders 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet across this hole. Throwing him to start in every position to swing through and nothing. And repeating with... Uh, I mean, I'm not even getting creative at this point anymore. Uh, I tried... Sucker spawn. Pink ladies. And intruders. And a, a size 10 Jumbo John. That was it. And, uh, 
cold. Once that sun went behind the trees, here comes another boat. Once the sun went behind the trees, the temp dropped, and it was just straight up nasty. So we went back to we went back to the uh, lodge and showered up, had a beer, and I may have tied some flies. We went over to the Trestlepool Lodge for dinner, and we started off with water. I just, I'm so dehydrated up here. I normally drink loads of water throughout the day, passing through the kitchen, just refilling a cup. But up here, it's, it's the water from the taps, a little sulfury, and I haven't gotten back into town to, to buy uh, spring water from the tap behind the diner. So we get there, club soda with lemon, go-to drink. I get the onion rings, which are battered, not breaded, and they were absolutely awesome. There was some kind of mustard dill oregano sauce to dip in it, and then Jason had fried cheese curds and marinara, and those were ridiculous. The cheese inside was so melty. It made mozzarella sticks taste like dirt. I wish we had a, a place like that back in Fairfax where I could get good bar food. Then we both got the burgers. I had mine with garlic aioli. That was the only way we found out that our two plates were mixed up. So we switched our plates. We destroyed our burgers and went back and just watched some TV, had a beer. I tied a couple more flies. and We hit the hay. Uh, we went to sleep pretty early. Oh, no, we caught up on, on Tosh.0 last night. Seems to be like the tradition up here. There was a Tosh.0 marathon. Everything was funny except for... Uh, you know, he does like to show people expressing, um, not zits, whatever, just nasty stuff. So, we plan to get up early. I set the alarm for 4.45. I get up, and it is just blowing crazy out here. All the chairs in the front yard were knocked over. The wind is whipping the trees. I can see the water out of the beaver pond being whipped around. And my reaction was, let's go back to bed. If the fishing had been gangbusters all week, I would totally have been okay with getting there at 5 o'clock, setting up the lanterns, making a hot breakfast of bacon and eggs and toast on the stove, and fishing. But it just wasn't worth it. Luckily, right as soon as we went back to bed, it started to downpour. And it snowed not far north of here. This guy's going right over Jason's fish. They're saying the fishing's terrible between the drift boat and the dude on shore. There's such an odd variety of anchors out here, too. This one is just a square. The other ones have rebar welded on. Some are spikes. Some are diamonds. So we went back to bed. We got up around 8, and it was still blowing. Crazy wind. You can probably hear that now. I'm recording this with the dat inside my OPST ball cap. And we're out here now, same spot as yesterday. We figure we'd have it to ourselves, which we pretty much do. We're out of the wind down here, and it's quiet. We figure if there's fish upriver, they had to have gone through here first. So there have to be fish in here. We're just going to keep plugging away all day. Eat some hot food. It's cold. My face is covered up. Try not to put on my hat or gloves. Just got my sweater on. And I'd rather, if I'm going to foul hook myself, and be in the sweater through my... Nice steel heading jacket. Already put a hole in that once this week, so I've got to tenacious tape that up. Looking forward to a hot lunch later. Maybe go out to dinner again. That's the last night up here. Pack up and head home in the morning. 
will probably take off pretty early if the fishing sucks today. Who knows what day it's going to turn around? I don't know. But with my luck, probably not tomorrow. Alright, so we're in the new car. Producer Jason, how, how was the trip? Trip was nice. How was the it's not too bad. Weather's not too bad, but no fish. So we have crazy wind today, mix of yeah. sunshine and clouds. A little bit of flurries too. It snowed. The river level has gone up a bit. And one thing that we really haven't discussed, there's apparently a massive sewage, raw sewage leak right above DSR the other day. Like gallons like Douglas and Salmon Run. Oh, okay. So maybe that's why we're not seeing fish in the river. I don't know. Uh, so the plan now is we're done fishing. Uh, we fished three spots today and didn't get a tug in any of them from a fish. Yep. The plan now is we're going to go back, pack up, and leave early. Might as well get home and enjoy Saturday back home, right? Yeah, I hear you. Let's have a beer and go home. All right, sounds good to me. Yeah, I want to get out of all these layers anyway. I got one clean outfit to wear on the ride back. Nice. Saved it so I don't have to smell up Holt's car too much. I got the same one, but it's fine. He, ha he bought a, a can of Febreze up here. He's like, man, he's going to spray me while we're driving. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. He but, hates the way you smell. Yeah. And, oh, so we're passing, uh, I guess, the town hole. And Don's shop is closed right there. See, it says oh, wow. uh, for sale. So I, I guess maybe... Is that what the, the camera was? That was the, uh, the camera's upriver. She used to have a camera, but she's the one that beat up the woman right, right over here. Who, um, well, she tried to beat up the woman. The other woman gave her, uh, beat the tar out of her. <laughs> we, uh, we saw that video. Yeah, so uh, I guess when you do bad business in a fishing community, selling fishing stuff, you close. So yeah, we're headed back. My toes are warming up. Nothing much to say. All right. Womp womp. Sad trumpet. Say <laughs> trumpet. Is that trombone? <laughs> trombone. Trombone. No. Oh, trombone. I don't want to hear the word trump. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we're done. Greetings from Fairfax. I am back from the Salmon River. Let's go over the post mortem. Drum roll, please. All right. Let's talk about this trip. Where to start? This is the post-mortem. Nothing about this trip to the Salmon River was normal in any way possible since I've been fishing up there. It was... Now, I said that Steelhead live in the Upside Down. This was like Bizarro World uh, on Seinfeld. You know, when there was the other Kramer and they're going to the library and stuff instead of... Uh, the comic book store, whatever they were doing. Yeah, nothing about this trip just seemed normal. And I, I don't know what it is. Um, we didn't land a single fish. We never used a net to touch a fish. I saw two steelhead landed on the fly in six days. I saw one steelhead landed on bait. I saw one Atlantic salmon landed on bait. That was it. This is six days. So that's two years now since I have caught and landed a steelhead. Two years. Now, granted, I put all my eggs in one basket. You know, I, I save up all my time to go away and 
effort and energy put into this one big trip, yeah, it's it's an absolute letdown. It's almost as if I take it personally. Um, it's depressing that I, I wait for my one big fishing trip of the year. I start in August just thinking about my steelhead trip. And then you get up there and it was a total bust. I haven't touched a steelhead. I haven't seen one up close. I forgot what they smell like, the power of them, how to, to land one with a net, how to fight a steelhead. It's like I'm going through steelhead atrophy. Uh, I don't know what else to call it. Um, I never broke out the tying kit. So the routine, I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, is you get up at the butt crack of dawn. You go to the river, claim your spot, make a hot breakfast, wait out the sunrise, and fish all day. Hooking, landing, breaking off, snagging, hooking trees. You you and your friends rotate in and out. So someone's going and heating up a drink on the stove or going to the bathroom, and then you get off the bank and fish. We didn't have a big group this year, and we didn't really need to. Uh, definitely missed everybody, but seeing Thomas and Scott miss beer tie last night, I was like, Thomas, man, you you missed absolutely nothing. And he had a, a better trip fishing down here while we were gone. And people were texting me, how is it? And I just gave them the big thumbs down. It was um it was just like this. This is this is how you can summarize. Are we being too literal? No, you fool. We're following orders. We were told to calm the desert, so we're calming it. Found anything yet? Nothing yet, sir. How about you? Not a thing, sir. What about you guys? We ain't found shit. Yeah, so that sums up everything. Um, what else do I going to talk about in my post-mortem? So that after the day's done, we usually go to the fly shop and, and buy the materials we don't have to tie, what we were catching that day, and then we go and tie them, eat dinner, have a couple drinks, go to bed early, wake up, repeat. And I like that I'm trying to figure out what the fish are eating. That's the challenge in it to me. What the fish are eating... First, you have to find where they are. Why are they there? Are they going to be there all day or are new fish coming in? So you got to find your spot on the river where you're going to hang out. And for me, that is somewhere I can put my gear, somewhere I can wade safely, and somewhere where I'm not going to be hooking trees on my back cast or false strikes setting the hook, and it, and it shoots back. So that's my first challenge in trying to catch a fish, and I like trying to figure that out. And then it's, if they're there, are they eating? If so, what are they going to eat, or what are they going to bite to get out of their way from anger? So you go through your flies, and you try to use process of elimination, and some of your fishing street smarts, and then you try to choose the fly, and then you've got to do the weight. Where are they in that river? You have to find them in the vertical column. And then you have to do all these things right. And hopefully one of those fish bites your fly line. And the race is on. Never happened this trip. It just never materialized. We didn't get up early. You know, those first couple of days, 
were Bluebird, I was wearing just a long sleeve or T-shirt at camp. And probably one of the my most favorable – not favorable, most memorable things that happened on this trip was Holt was getting ready. I think he was in his tent. And I'm just sitting in the camp chair on this warm, sunny morning around 9 a.m. And a flock of – not a flock, just a whole bunch of chickadees came in. And there's no sound. The wind wasn't rustling. You could barely hear the creak. And these birds were kind of just checking us out and flitting around from tree to tree and branch to branch, looking for food and getting closer and closer to inspect us. And I had one of those just moments where you're kind of one with nature. They're looking at me. I'm looking at them. Blue sky, golden sunlight coming through, lighting up all the leaves in camp. And if I look back on this trip, that might be one of my favorite moments. It was it was spectacular. You don't you just don't get that too often. So there's no reason to get up early because the fish weren't biting. There was you know, one morning I got up to pee. The alarm was going to go off soon. I look up, I'm like bluebird skies. I can see every star in the sky. Well, if that's why the fishing sucked yesterday, well, I might as well sleep in. Then there was another day where I had Jason and I were like, all right, we're getting up at 445 and we're going to get out, get some coffee, head straight to the river, camp out for the day. We get up and the lawn furniture outside the lodge is just being tossed around in the wind. And if the fishing had been awesome all week, I would have been like, heck yeah, man, let's go down there and let's rock this, the shore breakfast we're going to have. And I'm just like, screw this, man. I, it, it sucked all week. What makes me think that today is going to be different and that I should get up? Sleep to me is still very important. And I do enjoy a good night's sleep. So we went back to bed for a couple hours and got up. And Jason and I fished until 1.30 on Friday and called it quits. Like, let's, we're going home, both of us. going to go tell Holt, text him, we'll pack up. We're going to leave Trestlepool a night early. Now, owning a small business, I know what it's like for somebody to cancel on you at the last minute. You're expecting to earn some money, and when people back out, you're at a loss. So I volunteered to pay for myself for that night, and I guess they just assumed everyone else was. Jason wasn't staying, so um, I paid for Holt's night, and we packed up and took off and came home a day early. Figured, why stay there another day if the fishing's going to suck? I could go home and have all of Saturday with the family. So that's what we did. Home, I don't know, 10, 30, 11-ish maybe on Friday night. There was no traffic. It was just a simple, quick ride home. I hooked exactly three fish. So there was the one down in the lower fly zone where it took the yellow sucker spawn and it just kind of bit it three times and spit it out. And then I forgot that I had hooked another one later that day upriver and I had it on just long enough to get Holt's attention and maybe had one crank of the reel and it popped off. And then I had that third fish eat a pink lady and lower down the river. And believe me, we covered most of the river. It was like fishing beats. We stopped at the lower fly, the upper fly, a mile in some spots. We fished down in town, couldn't find the fish. The bait guys weren't catching fish either. I've got a bunch of reasons why I think the fishing sucked. I'll get to that soon. Felt like my shooting head. Maybe I should have gone with a 400 grain instead of 375 
for my rod, my 11 foot eight weight switch. The running line was pretty awesome. It was super slick. When I needed to grab it fast, it didn't burn my fingers the way a plastic coated fly line would. It was easy to see, bright lime green, and it floated. And the one problem is I fish uh, a bat and kill large arbor. Monofilament not only gets caught, the running line, any running line on that reel will get caught between the handle of the reel and the actual arbor. And then inside, it will go between the arbor and the spool and get stuck. I don't know if it's just the reel's problem, but I've always had issues with that reel. But it's a solid reel, so I'm still using it. And I wanted to catch fish on new patterns. I spent several months watching YouTube videos on OP Skagit and looking up those guys on YouTube, learning new techniques. And I wanted to catch fish on all this new stuff that I've been working on from August through November. It just didn't happen. And that was depressing as well. So why do I think that we didn't catch fish and people just along the river in general did not catch fish? Could it have been the sunlight? It was super bright. Uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday had partly cloudy and Wednesday was overcast all day. Did the sunlight turn the fish off? Was it just too damn bright for them? Were they holding too deep where we couldn't find them? Were they dropping back? I don't know. Was it daylight savings? This is the first time I've ever been up there after daylight savings and Camping out in the woods doesn't throw off your whole daylight savings. I honestly didn't know that we gained an hour. It just felt a little weird waking up in the morning, and it was super It hasn't affected me. Getting to the river later, did that do something? Apparently it didn't because we tried that each day, and the timing we got to the river and started fishing never materialized into anything productive. Was it the warm air temperatures? It was in the 50s and 60s some of the days up there. It was warm. Breaking down camp, just wearing a long sleeve shirt, I was fine. Was the water too warm for the fish? I don't know. Were the fish turned off by the political season? Have they been hearing about all the hubbub about the last year and a half in politics and they were just fed up and didn't want to eat or come into the river? Was it because the Cubs won the World Series? I don't know. Was the death of David Bowie? I don't know. There was one story I heard going around town on the river was that there was a massive sewage leak of raw sewage led into the river just above the DSR in the town of Pulaski. This wasn't big news, but it was sort of what the kids would call the down low if they still use that term. I don't know. But if you have raw sewage in the river, that's going to send the fish back out into the lake. And how long they would wait to come back in, I don't know. To me, if that did happen, that sounds like the most plausible explanation for why the fishing absolutely sucked. Is that there was uh, noxious chemicals in the water and fish don't have anywhere to go. But in this case, they had a lake, so they turned around and headed back out to the lake and waited for the system to flush itself out. Could be. 
Was it just a lack of actual fish? Maybe there just weren't a whole lot of fish in the system at the time. I saw very few people hooking up. I did not hear reels screaming at all. Didn't hear a whole lot of hooting and hollering. Uh, You'd think that with the reported amount of salmon that were in the river from September and October that there'd be so many eggs in the river that there'd be so many fish in there, as Coburn said, slurping up eggs. I don't know. Was it because I bought trout beads and thought, all right, maybe I'll try this just to see what pegging or attaching an egg is? And I told myself I just couldn't bring myself to fishing a bead. And I wanted to return all those beads to the shop, but I couldn't find the receipt. So now I've got a whole bunch of beads here in my office that are just sitting around. Could have been barometric pressure fluctuations. I've got a barometer on my watch, and it would go down and up, and then down, and then drop off and plummet, and then shoot back up. But you'd think that fish that go into this river year after year would be accustomed to changes in barometric pressure, especially living out in a deep lake where there's you know, the deeper they go, there's more pressure on their body. They should be accustomed to fluctuations in that air pressure. Was it the drought going on up there? I was told they had less snow in Altmar than we had here in the D.C. metro area last winter. That it's been very dry up there. The river was running between five and 700 CFS. And it was lower during the salmon run, especially with the drought. They've raised it apparently to allow for it to drain for more precipitation to come in. I don't fully understand the politics behind the raising and lowering of the water levels, but the water was higher. So when the water is higher, the fish can be spread out more. It also made spots more difficult to wade. We couldn't really cross the stream in certain spots. I still remember how we used to cross the lower fly zone back in the day when you'd come down from the steps. Now, if you have never been up there, don't know what I'm talking about. The fly zone, imagine... The river from the Altmar Bridge up towards the dam and breaking into thirds. The first third is the lower fly zone where it's incredibly crowded, parking super easy. There's bars, there's fly shops, porta potties. The top of that ends and that becomes the hatchery water. So the middle third is all hatchery water below the hatchery to above the hatchery, no fishing, no access whatsoever. The top third is the upper fly zone, which is some absolutely beautiful water. It's stunning to stand up in the trees and look down on that water. There's some water that I would love to be able to fish, just can't really get down to it. And that, again, is fly fishing only. Now, why there are specific fly stretches, I still don't understand, while they're limited to the top of the river, I don't understand. I don't understand if people think that it's fly zone means you can fly fish there only because it is incredibly crowded with fly fishing people. Some of those walks down river, we maybe saw one or two other people and they were having just as much awful luck as the people up in the fly zone, but they had the entire river to themselves. There were spots where people were just in the river casting and shuffling down a couple steps and they would do this for a quarter or half a mile and not have to deal with any other person 
The fly zones, it was getting to me. Just people shouting and having conversations across the river. The hostility between guides up there. Um, just obnoxious people. It just it, it lost its fun. It just wasn't enjoyable in that stretch. And I just really didn't want to fish it. Now, the last day on Friday, we had planned on fishing it. And then just said, screw it. Let's just go downriver. Was it... The super moon. We had a super moon last night, last two nights. Was the effect of that moon getting larger in its gravitational pull? Did that affect the fish in somehow? I don't know. I do know I spent a lot of time and energy on this trip. Like I said, I put all my eggs in one basket and it was a total bust. It was a letdown. I, I've been on worse fishing. Trips, maybe. You know, the trip to Martha's Vineyard wasn't a fishing trip. That was to go see Jack O'Pierce play at the old whaling church up there. And I brought my fishing gear, like the previous podcast, where I just bring it on to vacations. But this was pretty, pretty awful. Three fish hooked in six days of fishing. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to be angry about it. But I guess as the days go on, Thanksgiving comes closer and the holidays and I'll be distracted by other things. Never made it down to the diner in town. I, I wanted just a big home cooked meal. Uh, the food at the lodge could have been, you know, better some of the nights. The Wi-Fi wasn't working, but we had a warm, dry place to stay with a TV. Uh, Jason, I don't think snored a whole lot. Holt snores a little, but. Nothing compared to, I guess, probably what I was. I was probably sawing logs up there. Um, so that's sort of the post-mortem on the trip. I'm looking here in my office. I've got my entire fly tying mobile kit to put away. The only flies I tied up there were a couple intruders, a couple of sucker spawns. I restocked my wormies. I figure, shoot, if they're going to need anything up here, they need a rubber worm. I got one of those stuck now deep in my waiting jacket the barb wasn't perfectly smashed and it went in there on an errant cast and got stuck i've got a whole bunch of reels most of the camping gear has been put away the sleeping bags uh, i probably had room in the car for my cot but one thing that i, I didn't like is um I, I i love driving up with holt and having someone else drive where i could sit back and chill take a nap and do whatever but I like having my own car. It keeps me on my own schedule. I can come and go as I please. You're not getting stranded in spots. And you don't have to worry about what you're doing in someone else's car. If I spill coffee in my car, it's like, all right, man, I'll, I'll get to that when I get to it. It's not, I'm not driving some super nice car. This is an old SUV that is on its last legs. I'm going to drive it a couple more road trips. And then hopefully next year I plan on getting something else. And that new car is going to have the trailer hitch built into it. No more of these shenanigans with welders and giving people bottles of vodka at the garage to attach it. I want to have it done. All right. So now I want to go over some of the, the gear we use for OPST. Um, I've been tying on their 22 millimeter pins since the summer. And I really like them. They're, um, Super easy to fit in my, my Regal Vice, and they don't bend. They're nice and heavy. 
They have a nice large loop or eye in the front where you can double back your whatever um, intruder wire or your uh, – what's the other material we use? The fire wire. There's no big bulky loop at the back where um, it's just going to be awkward. If you tie intruders, it's just easier. It's hard for me to explain talking. But I also picked up over the summer the OPST dubbing spinner. I was never a dubbing spinning guy. And watching the videos and talking to Jerry at ICAST two years ago, last year, got me convinced maybe I'm going to start trying this stuff. And I like it. It's very heavy. And once you spin it gently, it just keeps going and going. There's You got to stop it when you're ready for it to stop. Otherwise, it'll just keep spinning, making a tighter dubbing loop. I was never into... Is dubbing uh, composite loops or using um, a toothbrush or a bodkin to pick out materials. And now that's kind of standard when I'm tying those intruders is to, um, if you watch the videos, the composite dubbing loops. And it changed my entire thinking and, and how I tie and the patterns for my intruders. I've increased the, the types of patterns I can tie just by watching those videos. Some of them are a little long, but you can put them on mute and watch them. When there's something else on the TV, you can fast forward them. Just look up Jerry French, uh, Ed Ward, or OPST time videos, or OPST videos on opskagit.com. Now, the heads are pretty cool. I like my 375 grain. I mentioned I would have preferred to have maybe a 400. That's just my personal taste. They blend in with the sky, which was pretty cool. It reminded me of the old Orvis uh, light green, I believe, silver label fly line that just looked like a cloudy sky. So if you're worried about it going over fish, it's not really going to show up. The thing about the OPST heads is that they start at levels you can use on your three weight. So if you're in the D.C. area and you're looking to... Skagit cast for shad from the banks. This is going to be the system that you want to get. You're going to want to get the OP Skagit head for the commando head for your five weight, which is kind of typical around here, and then get either get their running line or another running line, and you can bomb out a 60-foot cast with a five weight, no problem, to get out into the middle of the river for shad. Put on a sink tip, and you're going to get into more fish than you know what to do with. Just in general, if you are a single-handed angler needing to roll cast or punch out lines in wind over surf or just in general trying to increase your distance, this is the way to do it. Now, Melinda's husband didn't like the fact that it was kind of a monofilament polymer as the running line. I think he wanted me to have more of a fly fishing running line, but I'm not a complete purist like that, and I like line i went 40 pound and sometimes i was nervous when i hung up that i'd break it but it never broke it was good stuff and i wanted to catch this is the second year i've had the swing hooks they're heavy and incredibly sharp i only had to touch up one with the file and i really wanted to lay a steelhead on one just to see the difference between that and other intruder or octopus hooks and didn't happen so the plan now is maybe hit up some Ohio tribs over 
Christmas break, maybe do some Pennsylvania Erie trips, depending on the weather. My wife says I should should go out and get myself a, a steelhead on the end of my line. It would have been the equivalent of her going out to Colorado and just no snow on the mountains when she went to ski. It's the only other analogy or that you go to some restaurant and there's just no food. Like, I'm going to travel to Barcelona to go eat Origin 99 and they don't have any food there. Like, the shelves are empty. It's the only thing I can compare this fishing trip to is just getting there and having nothing and it throwing off your schedule. But hey, it's a fishing trip. I was out of the house. I got fresh air. Learned to cook bacon. That's a bonus. And uh, worked on my Skagit casting a little bit better. You definitely know when you're going to bomb out a cast when you uh, get that anchor going. Any questions, shoot me an email. If you need some flies, shoot me an email. Rob at robsnowwhite.com. Visit opskagit.com. Send those guys emails. Check out their website. And I really like the drab ostrich plumes that they sell. They're tough, they're bright colored, and they move really well. So I'm going to wrap that up for the postmortem of the Salmon River 2016 fishing trip, which is not a catching trip. I guess that's the old saying. They don't call it catching, they call it fishing. I'm signing off. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. And if you lack the strength of your own, honey, hold out your hands and take it from an old man. This has been a production of Freestone Media.